Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Vetrano. Just about 7.12 on Wisconsin's Morning News. This morning, not sure if any Americans have actually removed TikTok from their phones, despite the display in Washington on Thursday, where the CEO of the Chinese-owned social media platform testified before Congress. And a lot of it was rooted in concerns, not necessarily about what TikTok is doing. Now, there is some cases where TikTok is accused of surveilling journalists, but a lot of the concerns lawmakers voiced in that hearing was about what TikTok could do. The message that came out of this hearing was, even if you, as a TikTok user, don't have these concerns, a lot of these lawmakers, Republican and Democrat, say that you should. You should. ABC's Jay O'Brien discussing the back and forth between lawmakers and Sho Chu, who runs the company that runs TikTok. The company is called ByteDance, but basically the parent company for TikTok. You got young, your kids are a little bit younger than mine. Are they on, on the TikTok, Michelle? I am not on the TikTok. Okay, well... <laughs> So, no, That's they fine. don't have phones, so they, no, they're not okay, on Okay, so anything. they're not phones no, yet. My but, oldest is 11 going into middle school, and I think it's about to happen. You're about to fight that fight then. I yeah. mean, like, I've, I'm on record as saying I wish there weren't TikTok. My life would be better without it. I know my kids' lives would be better without it, but we're dealing with it. I'm in there in this space because it is a way to reach a younger audience for sure. And I was saying yesterday, some of the some of the things that I've posted that have gotten the most views have been newsy items, like not funny, not dances or whatever. So people are definitely in that space to some degree to find out some information. It's a way to reach them, but... It's really been just turnovers the only issue for the Bucks here in this quarter so far. Uh, Joe Ingles going to tee up a right, play mm-hmm. late the shot clock. How did that happen? All right. <laughs> Pancake, was that you? No. Uh, so... A little bit more on TikTok. What the nature of these hearings was is, you know, just a little bit of back and forth. But I'll let you hear from the CEO of TikTok right now. I have seen no evidence that the Chinese government has access to that data. They have never asked us. We have not provided. Well, you know what? I've I, asked find that that, I find that actually preposterous. Yeah, it was five hours of questioning before Congress. So this morning, no calls for any immediate action. But with very little bipartisan support for anything these days in Washington, the fact that you have both Democrats and Republicans expressing alarm and concern should at least indicate some steps to curtail, if not outright ban the app in the U.S., are coming. It is 714. Sports is up next. It's sponsored by Holiday Automotive at Highway 23 in Fond du Lac. Holiday Automotive, it's worth the trip. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. Despite the snow on the way, believe it or not, the Milwaukee Brewers' regular season is less than one week away when they travel out to Chicago to take on the Cubs next Wednesday. But before we can have some real fun, we must finish spring training first as the Brewers take care of business on Wednesday afternoon, defeating the Padres by a final score of 4-2, to two, Yelich Urias and Victor Carantini helped bat in a few runs as the crew secured their Cactus League victory before the game manager Craig Council addressing the media and the excitement of getting his guys back from the World Baseball Classic. Very good to have everybody back for sure. And, uh, yeah, I mean, those guys had tremendous experiences and, um, you know, happy happy that they got to have them, really. I mean, that's, I, mean I mean, I don't know how you could want anything more from the month of March in baseball, if you're, if you're one of those guys, you got everything baseball could offer you. The Brew Crew are back in action today as they get set to take on the Colorado Rockies this afternoon. You can catch full coverage of that game right here on WTMJ beginning at 3 p.m. Over to the NFL, 
where QB watch is still in effect, and most notably in Green Bay as the Jets and Packers remain at a standstill regarding a trade for the four-time MVP. Two sides have been stalled in their talks. There's been a standoff with Green Bay wanting more than the Jets are offering. The Jets feel like they're offering a lot. The Packers feel like they're not offering enough. And the two sides are left at a standstill. Chuck D, real quick, I don't want to put you on the spot. Do you have any idea what has been offered by the Jets for Rodgers or nothing concrete? Well, Dan, they've gone back and forth on this. And again, they haven't spoken much in the last week, but it certainly sounds like the Green Bay Packers want a first-round draft pick somewhere in that trade. And that's not all. Okay. That's not all. So it's up to the Jets to figure out what they're comfortable living with Hmm. and what the Packers are comfortable accepting. And then the two sides can go from there. ESPN's insider Adam Schefter there on NFL Live as the two sides continue to try and work out a trade as the NFL draft looms a month from now. Over to College Hoops, where the madness never seems to end. Gonzaga and UCLA had a game nobody will forget as UCLA made a three to take the one-point lead, leaving just over 12 seconds for Gonzaga's Julian Strother. It's a glass. Chances are you'll get more than one opportunity. Strother for the lead. Kevin Harlan on the call for CBS as Gonzaga goes on to win a thriller by a final of 79-76 to to advance in the college basketball tournament. A couple more updates from yesterday's matchups as Kansas State needed overtime to overcome Michigan State, who beat Marquette over the weekend by a final of 98-93. to UConn easily defeating Arkansas 88-65, to and FAU upsets Tennessee 62-55. Four more games are slated to tip off today for the college basketball tournament, beginning with San Diego State and Alabama at 5.30. This college basketball tournament update is brought to you by Outdoor Living Unlimited. Starting Unlimited, WTMJ News Time is 7.19. Brewers baseball from spring training on the air this afternoon. That's going to sound great right here on WTMJ. A little over a week, the Brewers are back at American Family Field with the home opener set for April 3rd. How's your lawn look right now? I mean, just look outside, right? Not so good. Little, little brown over little there? smooshy. Yeah, smooth because you got those spots where the ice and snow have built mm-hmm. up, like your shovel spots where you dump the big mounds. Yeah, It's all tamped down. It's not so good. Not quite ready even for walking the dog, much less to host a Major League Baseball team. But the Brewers' senior director of grounds, Ryan Woodley, he's already got the turf green and growing at the home of the Brewers. Baby, let me mow your grass. I only want to mow your grass. I'll mow it with style, cut it with class. Honey, can I mow your grass? Yeah, we're taking off the blankets, throw blankets, put them on right before Christmas time. The process we go through every year helps the grass from not going dormant, allows us to be ready for opening day. Yes, the blankets are off inside the ballpark. They serve an important purpose through those cold winter months. Yeah, so the grow blankets help us keep the soil temps up throughout the wintertime when we close the roof and stuff. It allows the grass not to go fully dormant. That's what happens to our grass, but saving that step speeds up the green. 
it would go fully dormant, we wouldn't be ready for opening day. And it just keeps the grass green basically throughout the winter time. And now for the fun part. And then we'll start top dressing it, mowing it, and start getting the pattern in for opening day. Get off my lawn. Baby, let me mow your grass. I only want to mow your grass. I'll mow it with style, cut it with class. Honey, can I mow your grass? Vince Vitrano, WTMJ News. In case you're wondering, that's uh, Rusty Bladen there on the soundtrack. Good song. He's a he, so Brandon asked earlier. He's like, uh, that sounds like maybe that could be something else. <laughs> he actually, I think he's a comic, and he does say he said at the front end of the song, which also includes some other lyrics. He goes, "If you're reading something else into it, it's your dirty mind, not mine." So if you replay it, if you <laughs> replay it, and maybe close your eyes, it sounds like you singing at the at the oh, thank start you. of it. Yeah, real good. You have a really good voice. Thanks, pal. You're welcome. Uh, you can find that song on YouTube if you want. And again, the Brewer's Senior Director of Grounds in some video and sound there that the Brewer's shared with me from the blanket removal process that actually occurred a week ago today. I wouldn't expect you to watch all of that, but I watched every frame. Of course you did. I enjoyed it. You are a lawn pull guy. Those, pull those blankets off and it's all nice and green under there. A and, lawn guy. He is the lawn guy. Yes. Thank you, Debbie. Much appreciated. Yeah, it looks really nice inside American Family Field right now, and they've got a few more days to prep. So here's where we are with the Brewers. Six spring training games left in five days. I think today is a split squad action. It so is. you got two games, yep. right? Yep. And one of those games will be right here on WTMJ this afternoon. 3 o'clock airtime with a 310 first pitch with the Brewers and the Rockies for you on the radio. Final spring training game is Tuesday, and then the Brewers open on the road this year, weather permitting, in Chicago. That's a 121st pitch from Wrigley Field in less than a week. That's Thursday afternoon. Saturday and Sunday, then again, scheduled games in Chicago. And then the home opener with that nice green grass Monday afternoon. That's a 110 first pitch against the New York Mets. So you get that uh, travel time built in for them to come back from spring training. Quick turnaround, though. Like Guys are still finding out if they made the team. Like, if they're on the Brewers roster. And we should find out this weekend, I think, is, right. is, is kind of the uh, the idea. MLB's doing, like, a special you know opening day roster. We'll probably have leaks before that. But, yeah, we should know going into at least Saturday, probably Sunday, who's on this roster. Kesson Hira being a big name on that. Yeah, bubble. on the bubble. Yeah, Luke Voigt. So they come into town, right? They get basically one night to get settled and then off to Chicago for opening day on Thursday. Looks like you're going to a fish fry. Dogged reporter Jason Smith on the scene. I mean, people walking out with, I mean, like six boxes. <laughs> I, listen, I took it to go play. Is the accordion player really going to be here? That was a phenomenal experience. I felt rich. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is how rich people live. The Friday Fish Fry, of course, a Wisconsin tradition. And during this Christian season of Lent, where many faithful abstain from eating meat on Fridays, even more popular than ever, our Fish Fry correspondent coveted role here at WTMJ is our own Jason Smith live with us. This morning. And we're talking about Lakefront Brewery, one of the more unique fish fries you will encounter here in southeast Wisconsin. Definitely one of the most unique um, places that you'll go to get a fish fry because they do obviously serve fish all the time. But on Friday is the only day where where they have multiple options. I mean, they got smelt for Lent right now. They got baked cod, fried cod, walleye, and they also have shrimp. Nice. For the fish fry. So, I mean, that was real different. What else stood out to you? I mean, like, the the thing that stands out to me when you eat at Lakefront is sort of that sort of more communal seating. So you might be at the end of one table and might be another couple or 
group right next to you? Yeah, that's what Dylan, the on-site business developer, said that they, it's an old-town German beer hall, so they got the long yep. tables, and they also got a poke. So it's basically just the atmosphere, basically yeah, yeah. that 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 brings it. And the fish I is think good. A lot of it has to do with our atmosphere. Uh, we have this really cool traditional German-style beer hall. It's the long table seating where you can kind of make some new friends and stuff while you're eating. Uh, we have a polka band that plays on the stage here behind me on Friday nights. Uh, it's just this really like lively, energetic setting, um, and the food's pretty dynamite too. Uh, we've won best fish fry in town pretty much every year. That's located over on Commerce Street, right in that strip. A really uni- unique and interesting location. So did you throw back some German beer as well? you got to have that with the fry. <laughs> no, I did not yesterday, but I should have. Right. I, I, I suppose you are technically working. Yeah, I was working. So, I mean, I couldn't, you know, I didn't want to drink on the clock. Well, if you're doing research, like if it's part of the story, you can, I mean, I don't know if you need a note from anybody else, but you're good with me. Uh-oh. Research. I mean, I, it is research. <laughs> I, I am doing right. research. I'm trying to come back it's and part bring... part of the experience yeah. with fish. Yeah. you got to have the beer. Yeah, I wonder if they pair different beers with different types of fish or shrimp that's for next year all right all right what what pairs right so what what kind of what kind of fish did you have i had well i had the walleye and i liked it mm, fantastic and how did they make that did they fry it or was it like it, ba- it, no it was fried walleye yeah, it was good it was good fantastic lakefront brewery so where can people find uh your video i know you always do videos on this you can stuff. find it on tiktok you can find it on facebook um Insta- all socials instagram twitter and then also the wtmj app let me check with uh greg pancake hill producer of the program can we text fish is that are we hot text the word fish to 855-616-1620 the old national bank talk and text line 855-616-1620 text the word fish for jason smith's visit at lakefront brewery 743 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Brandon Snide has sports coming up next. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. The NFL offseason is in full swing. We got pro days, we got visits and free agency. They're all ongoing and things in Green Bay and New York. Well, they seem to not be going anywhere when it comes to trade talks surrounding Aaron Rodgers. Two sides have been stalled in their talks. There's been a standoff with Green Bay wanting more than the Jets are offering. The Jets feel like they're offering a lot. The Packers feel like they're not offering enough. And the two sides are left at a standstill. Chuck, real quick, I don't want to put you on the spot. Do you have any idea what has been offered by the Jets for Rodgers or nothing concrete? Well. Dan, they've gone back and forth on this. And again, they haven't spoken much in the last week, but it certainly sounds like the Green Bay Packers want a first-round draft pick somewhere in that trade. And yeah. that's not all. Okay. That's not all. So it's up to the Jets to figure out what they're comfortable living with hmm. and what the Packers are comfortable accepting. And then the two sides can go from there. ESPN's Adam Schefter on NFL Live Thursday afternoon. With the latest update on the biggest storyline thus far, some are pinpointing as the NFL draft could be the first real deadline for a deal, and that is roughly just over a month away. Over to the baseball diamond with less than a week to go for their spring opener. The Milwaukee Brewers were right back at it on Thursday afternoon, defeating the San Diego Padres in their spring training game by a final score of 4-2. to Manager Craig Council knowing opening day is right around the corner and is well aware some roster moves will be made. So we're you know we're down to I think there's 32 guys plus 33 guys plus some injured guys. Um, so we're down to a small group and all these guys are gonna they're gonna be they're gonna be with us at some point in the year when you're down to a group like this. So yeah, I mean we've got we've got five or six days and we've got some time to be together and that's those are important important days. 
The Brew Crew is back in action today with a couple of split squad games, one of them against the Colorado Rockies. You can catch full coverage of that game right here on WTMJ beginning at 3 p.m. And over to the NBA where the Bucks enter tonight, nursing a two-and-a-half game lead over the Boston Celtics for the top spot in the Eastern Conference as they begin their four-game road trip in Utah. Four-game road trip, you say? Well, uh, that's kind of news to Giannis. Four? And we had Utah and uh, Devin came back. We're going to pack more clothes now. Okay. Yeah, it just ruined my night. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it legitimately ruined his night. Well, that's all right. And his teammate, despite being in his 15th season, Brooke Lopez, who has had a career year for the Bucks, spoke to the media this week. I'm playing with Giannis in the Bucks' offense and the luxuries it comes with. You know, the guys I'm picking rolls with, usually that's a situation, be it Giannis or Chris or Drew or Joe. I mean, <laughs> I'm sure guys throughout the league dream about getting pick and rolls from one or two of those guys, you know, uh, majority of the game, but, you know, I get to be in the pick and roll with those four guys the entire game. And, and they do a great job of making decisions, setting me up where I can just catch the ball and finish tough, finish strong and score. Tip off for the bucks and jazz is at 8 PM tonight. You can catch full coverage right here on WTMJ beginning at seven 30. The U S military conducting airstrikes in the middle East overnight. Our time we get the latest from the Pentagon from ABC news next. At 7.52 on Wisconsin's Morning News, let me bring you up to speed here quickly on U.S. airstrikes in Syria. Here's the latest from ABC's Mark Remillard. The Defense Department says strikes were carried out on facilities in eastern Syria connected to Iran following a suspected drone strike on a coalition base in northeast Syria that left a U.S. contractor dead, as well as five U.S. service members and another contractor wounded. The Pentagon says intelligence determined the strike on the coalition base was carried out by an unmanned aerial vehicle of Iranian origin. Mark Remillard, ABC News. So it may be news to many Americans that the U.S. is still battling the remnants of Islamic State militants in the Middle East. We haven't much heard from them in terms of their terrorist activity or how that's affected Americans, but there are still American servicemen and women serving in that region. And this morning, that reminder comes with the news that the U.S. did launch those airstrikes in Syria against Iranian-backed groups. Pentagon saying it was in retaliation for a drone strike that killed a U.S. contractor, injured six other Americans, including five U.S. service members. Um, happen to have a military... Well, I don't want to call you a military expert. I won't throw that on you. No, don't do that. Brandon Snide served don't in the United States Army, both in Iraq and in Afghanistan. And we were talking about this drone attack, Brandon. So... One thing when we were discussing the situation with Luis Martinez from ABC News, who was at the Pentagon, they were calling it a one-way drone attack. So that, to me, sounds like a drone that had no one intentions mission. of coming back, right? <laughs> yeah, it's exactly what it is. I Maybe two missions, uh, whatever was attached to it in the in the drone itself. But, yeah, it, you know, Vince, it's, it's, it's frustrating for somebody that went over there, and I know there's thousands and hundreds of thousands of other people that went there, before me as well, it's it's frustrating to hear that stuff like this is still going on, and that's even more frustrating to see that all of our work over there is really unraveling, uh, to say the least, uh, which is unfortunate. Let me bring in ABC's Matt Seiler, who is at the Pentagon as well this morning. And Matt, do we 
Do you know, do we expect further comment, perhaps even from the president? I know President uh, Biden is traveling today. I believe he's supposed to be in Canada. But do we expect any commentary from the president or further from the administration on what's going on? Hey, good morning, gentlemen. Yes, the president is on travel to Canada. It's unclear whether he will address this. I think it's likely because this decision was made at the, the White House level. And the Pentagon put out a statement yesterday and a statement from Secretary of Defense Austin, who said, you know, this was done at the direction of President Biden. So I would not be surprised if we hear comments from the president later today. We'll also have a Pentagon briefing this afternoon, which where this will definitely be addressed. ABC's Matt Seiler is at the Pentagon this morning joining us live. So, Matt, uh, in terms of what happens from here on out, very often these things are, for lack of a better term, just a tit for tat. We had U.S. Service members who were injured, U.S. contractor who was killed, so we launch a retaliatory strike, and then that's kind of the end of it, and there's not further escalation. Any thoughts right now from what you're hearing at the Pentagon as to what the expectations are moving forward? I mean, you're exactly right. That's That's been the pattern, tit for tat, back and forth. Um, one of the questions we've raised with military officials um, over these last couple of years is, you know, if is this deterrence strategy working? It doesn't seem that it is. Um, when the U.S. strikes back, um, in fact, even this morning, I'm just now hearing from a U.S. official, there was a, another indirect fire attack on a U.S. base in Syria with no injuries uh, reported or damage. Um, but this strike, this strike back, this counterstrike after the, the drone attack on U.S. forces that killed that American contractor, it would seem that that wasn't enough to deter these Iranian-backed forces, right? So. There have been about 78, maybe now closer to 80, of these types of strikes since the beginning of 2021, according to the U.S. Central Command's uh, leader, General Eric Carrillo. So there's no sign of this, this stopping, at least for now. And it's unclear if the U.S. will launch another counterstrike um, against this most recent one that happened just this morning on a U.S. base in northeast Syria. ABC's Matt Seiler live with us at the Pentagon. Sure appreciate it, Matt. I know it's a busy morning over there. Of course. Glad to be here. You know, the other thing that we learned earlier, Brandon, was the uh, the airstrikes were not from the U.S. cruise missiles or something like that, or even drones, that it was U.S. aircraft that was involved. Um, I think uh, um, Luis Martinez had told us he believed it might have been helicopters who would go in and carry out that retaliatory strike. That jives with what you what you saw in theater. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, a lot of their tactics, a lot of their equipment is replicating exactly what we did. I, I mean, to be honest with you, Vince, we trained a lot of them. What happens is a lot of them join the Army or the police. They receive our training from the U.S. government, from U.S. soldiers, really worldwide soldiers. Canadian soldiers were there as well. And we always think that's a good idea, right? And we, we always think it's a good idea. to we protect themselves. hand them yes. a weapon. We hand them information. We hand them a map. We hand them coordinates. And then they run across the border and they go to where it is they're going. And that's just that's how it's been since I was there in 09. I don't think it's changed even before that.